0: Yo, welcome back to the Take Two podcast. My name is Kaylee, and again, we have some awesome friends here this week, so I'm going to go ahead and let these guys introduce themselves.
1: Yeah, hello, everybody. We're here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Michael Cruz. And the one and only Michael Pacer.
0: Sitting in the presence of two of the big mics, we're only missing Mikey, (laughs) Uh, it's, it's quite the honor, it's good to be here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Two of the big mics. I'll tell you about Michael Pacer a little bit here. He's a sophomore marketing major, um, an absolute beast of a communicator. Um, if you ever are curious where he's at, um, almost any and all CCH events, he'll be there talking to people, loving on people, doing his thing. He's a sore leader. He's in student government. He does it all. Um, so be sure to see him around campus. He'll be obviously in a group of people talking to people. And, uh, yeah, if you ever, ever curious where he's at, just go to a CCH event and you'll see him just in a big old group, look for the big group. He'll be there.
1: (laughs) Well, let me return the favor here. What a great introduction, but this man, Michael Cruz, I mean, first of all, a vice president for student government and does so much for the school that doesn't get recognized, but I have recognized so much of it working with him in student government, as well as a man of the people. You talk about people person. This is one of the biggest people persons I've ever met, has a great personality. It's just so easy to talk to, and I feel like I can really trust him with anything and talk to him. And... He's just so loving and caring as people as well. I can see that he's genuine in his conversations, not just, you know, going through the motions with people and a man is God, of God as well that really serves God daily. And I can see that through his interaction with other people.
0: Man, I think Michael's tearing up and I'll let you guys decide <laughs> which one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got, we've got quite the doozy of a conversation here this week. Um, if you were at worship um, right before fall break, you would have heard Ike talk about surrender. So we got a tough topic to talk about, guys, but I think it's a good one. Um, there's a lot of cool things that can come from this conversation. So let's just start there. What like, let's what's surrender to you? What does that mean?
2: You know, I think I think that's a great question. I think it's something we kind of got to unpack a little bit. Um, As we look at, you know, surrendering and, you know, kind of surrendering to God, I think one of the first things we have to know is that it is against our nature to surrender to God because, you know, we have this sinful nature and that's not something we were created with, but it's something that we have. And we just have to know that that's an active battle that we have to go on every day to surrender to God. Like it's work all the time.
1: Going off that, I would say that surrender for a lot of people is very uncomfortable because people don't like to be out of their comfort level and not to be in control of things. But mm-hmm. really for me, I think about surrendering surrendering everything to God as putting your trust in Him. I mean, that's what He wants is for us to put our trust into Him and to be able to not worry about anything and give anything that may be on our mind, any of the stress and anxiety and giving that and surrendering to him and saying, hey, God, you're in control. I'm not in control here. I mean, that's the ultimate. I think it's a test and a battle to everybody. And it's something that people may not be comfortable with, but I think it's one of the biggest battles. And when you surrender to God, I mean, your life just improves so much. It's crazy. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I'll kind of say one more thing on surrendering. I think Michael Pacer, it's funny we're both named Michael, uh, but one thing that he brought up (laughs) is really good is like, I think even just the word or like when we talk about surrendering, like we kind of get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I think immediately when I think of surrendering, like there's things that pop in my mind. It's like, Oh, I don't want to surrender that. Or "Ah, I don't, maybe, maybe not that thing. You know, I can surrender this, but not that. So I think that's something that we, you know, already have to kind of unpack is that Mm -hmm. like surrendering isn't natural. And it's something we kind of don't want to do. Like when you think about it, like that's not, that's not comfortable.
0: Yeah. I really, um, I think of like, like specifically shared about um, in Mark eight when um, Jesus says those will follow me they're going to pick up their cross deny themselves and, and daily follow me and that's like no light task <laughs> it's not not like something that's easy to do there's a there's a lot in there so let's yeah let's deeper in a deeper way let's unpack what what that means.
1: Well, I mean, for me, listening to Ike speak on Tuesday about how do you carry your cross when we, you know, we're not crucified on the cross, how do we have our own daily battle and to follow in Jesus' example, and I think about um, really how our lives and every Christian's lives really is affected as that people may not understand why we act a certain way and why we do stuff, but as, you know, they said, like, Jesus was crucified, and people looked at him differently, and you live in that life, and they're going to look at you differently, and I think that it's important that we give up whatever we have. We may not have a cross, but we can carry and bring with us whatever we may have, no matter how little or how big it is. Just giving something up to God, kind of going back to that surrender thought of, this is what we're surrendering, and I'm carrying my cross daily. You know, I wear a cross on my, you know, every on my around my neck every day, and that's my little reminder of carrying up my own personal cross and trying to be like Jesus in the way of maybe people look at me differently, but that's how they looked at him. So just trying to exemplify him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you
2: know, as we unpack carrying your cross daily, um, obviously that's like, that's hard. And when we think about like carrying the cross and what that means, like obviously, you know, Jesus was crucified on the cross. And like, even like the word crucifixion back then was like, whoa, like hold on. (laughs) And at some point, like, it's just like that's just so hard and that's so serious and that's kind of something we need to relate to our lives now and, you know, think of, you know, carrying your cross and that's that's literally suffering for God is carrying your cross. And, you know, suffering may not look like actually being crucified, but, you know, you you surrender certain parts of your life and that kind of, you know, brings into that carrying of the cross.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I... Something that ike said that really like makes made me think of like what that surrender looks like is the like he was talking about asking the question of like well is it a sin well then i'm going to do it if it's not a sin and when we live our life like that way like we're just trying to do the absolute minimal thing that we have to do and like he, as he shared he was like Uh, that's not what we're asked to do though we're not asked to live this minimal life we're asked to live like a maximal life to to live abundantly not to just like oh i can i can do any of these things but i just can't do this like little corner of stuff he's like no we're like we're asked to do more than just the minimal so like how do we live out that that maximal christian life
2: I think we get that through just like seeking God and being, you know, having just having a super intentional relationship with God, Um, you know, living that, you know, maximizing our Christian life. And like kind of just speaking in surrender as a whole, um, you know, Jesus, when he was in the garden and he was, you know, sweating blood before he's going on the cross, like he was at a point where he was questioning God, like, God, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I want to truly fully surrender. And obviously we know we, he leaned into that and obviously he did. And, you know, that's why we're here talking about it. But, um, I think first of all, we have to realize like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to question a little bit because, you know, that's kind of, it's something that's difficult and obviously it's not easy, but I think, you know, maximizing that Christian life and maximizing, you know, our surrender is kind of just leaning into that relationship with God and leaning into faith. I think that's a huge part of it is our
1: faith. I think going off of that about the living a maximal life, I mean, Ike, you know, really hit hard on, well, if it's a sin, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I'll do that and doing the bare minimum. And I know that I've been, uh, you know, I can say that I've done that before. And I think everyone has, it's like, oh, it's not a sin, so I can do it. But that's not really what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're not supposed to live the life in the bare minimum. You know, you put bare minimum effort in anything, it's really not going to, turn out to be what you want it to be, you know, like Travis's garden in there, you know, you put the bare minimum work in there and you know, it's not going to stay up. So I think about, uh, not overthinking too much and thinking, oh, this is not what God want me to do. And, oh, this is the bare minimum. I'm just going to do this today. And, oh, I'll get by today. And really you fall into a a bad habit of doing that every single day is, oh, Mm -hmm. well, if I didn't do it today, you know, I can not do it tomorrow and all that. And I think about, you need to really just Turn out your own mind, you know, surrendering your own thoughts. Really and going back to surrendering, as well as this is not what God wants me to do—the bare minimum—and um, living a maximal life, really, as in just following in Him and not thinking about, well, is this a sin or not? Or even if it's not a sin, just doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. you know, it's maybe tough to do the right thing sometimes, but that's better than doing the bare minimum in everything yeah. you
0: do. Yeah, it's like it's like how we're called to excellence. Like God knows we're not going to be perfect, but He asks us to bring our best. If we're just trying to do the bare minimum, we can't bring. We're not bringing our best. <laughs> like we're we're bringing the like smallest little grain of whatever we can at that point. This also makes me think of a uh, um, a book that I read earlier this year. I read it over spring break. Um, it's called is Now in Session, and the author writes all his whole book is about how like we live this like bare minimum Christian life of like what's the bare minimum I have to do to be saved and to get into heaven. And we so often, that's, like, how we sell the gospel, and that's how we, like, try to get people to commit their lives to Christ. It's like, if you just do this, you know, like, heaven, heaven's guaranteed. And he's like, that's not what the Bible says. Like, that's not how what we're called to live in. He's like, like, God's kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven. Like, he's, he says that throughout scripture. And so for us to really live um, a maximal life, to live a life, like, fulfilled by jesus like we have to we have to be all in it's not just this like let me do this a little like let me say yes this one time so i can be saved but it's a daily daily walk out of of our faith
2: yeah i think and almost off that like i feel like doing the bare minimum, like you don't gain anything. Like if you truly think about it, if all your heart is, you know, all you're ever thinking about is what's the bare minimum I can do to just skate by? Like you don't, you don't progress. You don't, you know, you don't gain anything from that. And I think that's something that, you know, that bare minimum, when you're asking, you know, what's the bare minimum I can do, that's kind of something you need to reevaluate because God does not ask us to do the bare minimum, obviously. Like that's not, it's not why we're here. That's not, our purpose is to do the bare minimum. So I think that's something that, you know, you got to have that heart posture. And that goes back into surrender too. Like surrendering is the opposite of the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing more when you're surrendering because you're giving yeah. things up and then pouring into other parts of your life. So.
0: Yeah. What are like, I mean, so something I was thinking about as we were like getting ready for this, I guess, is like, all three of us were college athletes at one point, um, is that, and I don't, I don't know if it, this is the same story for all of us, but like what kind of surrender went into that decision to no longer be an athlete?
1: Well, I mean, I think about, uh, last year, uh, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to come play football for trying and, um, I think about the surrendering, um, that moment during camp actually, where I was like, Hey, this is, you know, I could feel that God was saying, you know, we thought this was the right path, but I think this other path will lead you to more avenues. And it was really tricky for me. I can remember going into the coach's office that day, first of all, already having an hour long conversation with my dad, an hour long conversation with my mom and it was tough to say, hey, you know, I, I'm coming back home. Um, like, I'm, I didn't know you guys just dropped me off, but I'm coming back home because I know this is not what I want to do uh, four years at trying here. And, and I think about the surrendering of going to that office and telling a coach that was probably the hardest thing I had to do in my life was saying, you know, I'm so grateful for this, but I know this is not what I want to do. But I think the trust I had to have in God because it was hard to, like – have people support me back in my high school and I took a photo I had this photo up up in my room of all the people that I took that were friends and teachers and family and coaches that were with me supporting me and I thought about man I have to come back home and say you know what this is not the right avenue and so for me it was really just trusting in God but I'm very grateful that I made that decision because I got to meet two people like you and other people in CCH and now I'm part of student government and just so much for the school I think that I would not have been available to do with football and so for me it was just having that trust in God and really praying on it and just surrendering the small uh surrendering smaller and now and instead of like larger looking at a larger picture scale of I had to surrender the, like the fame you know and the oh, I'm a part of the football team and that kind of stuff and but it was at the end of the day for a better purpose and I had to trust in God
2: yeah, I think mine was similar. And, like, for me, like, sports have been a part of my life all my life. Like, I played sports mm-hmm. as soon as I could ever remember. You know, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Like, that was just is what I did all the time. It was always sports, whether it was soccer or basketball or track. And then, you know, as I was picking out of college, I, you know, didn't really know where to go. And then they are like, hey, like, if you come to try and you can run. I was like, whoa, <laughs> and it was like, I mean, obviously, you know, Caleb's here. If you guys do not know Caleb, that's my brother, and, you know, he helped pull me here, but that was huge, you know, like, I can go be a collegiate athlete, like, that's, not everybody can do that, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're a D3 school, but, I mean, still, <laughs> like, just the, the ability to compete at that level is just awesome, so that was a huge draw for me to come here, and then, you know, last year, as I was walking through and, you know, kind of battling, like, injuries and stuff, like, I was like, dude, this is awful, and, it was super hard for me to kind of like wrestle with and then, you know, stepping away, was difficult, but I think that opened so many things for me to do that. And, you know, kind of stepping away from that and, you know, those practices every day and, you know, giving up every single Saturday to go to a meet and it was like, now I have so much time to just invest and pour into people. And, um, as you know, Michael said, like I, you know, like I can do student government now and I can, you know, pour into CCH more and, uh, be, be around on the weekends more and, you know, kind of just invest in love people more. And it was, it was super good, but I also think it was great for me to be on the team because there's tons of people that I know on the team, um, like on the track team that still, you know, need to hear God and just need to be loved. And it was great for me to be a part of that for a year. Cause I know almost everybody, you know, I still see him and talk mm-hmm. to him. And, um, so I think that was super awesome for him to, you know, kind of grant me the opportunity to be able to compete and be able to meet people, but then also, you know, show me that I didn't, I don't have to, an athlete to you know have fulfillment in my life
0: yeah yeah I remember when I I remember like my sophomore year I was I really felt like God was calling me to quit um being on the bowling team here and I I was home over like some break or a weekend or something and my dad was like dude why is your heart like not in this anymore I remember I just bawled and I'm like not a crier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my dad was like oh my gosh like something's really wrong you know um but it was just like God for so long had just been like, Kaylee, like this isn't it anymore. Like I need you to lay this down. I need you to surrender this to me. I need you to trust me. And I, I held back for a couple months that year and I just I hated it though. like I knew that I needed to quit I knew I was going against like what God had asked me to do and there was so much like disobedience and it was like such a hard thing to live in. Like I was living by the minimum because I was like, well, I'm not sinning by being on this team. But I was disobeying God, so I I still was <laughs> at the yeah, same time yeah. sinning. But um, it just like, man, I was just trying to put in the, like the little effort. Of like, mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, I'll give up. I won't go to the tournament this weekend because we have the retreat that weekend, and I like would leave my team hanging. <laughs> but it still wasn't It wasn't what God asked for. And so, what are you guys? Yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on like? What, like, the disobedience or, like, hesitancy we have in those moments of God asking us to surrender something?
1: I mean, for me, I think about kind of going off what you just said, like, I was leaving that camp, and I felt like, man, I'm leaving all my teammates here and the coaches. Like, I know there's a lot of people on the football team, but every person plays their own role and has their own role on the team. And for me to kind of feel like, man, I'm going, not only disobeying um, the team and disobeying God, but kind of my parents as well as like, hey, they were very excited to come see me play. Mm -hmm. And to tell them that I was coming back, I felt like it was just a big disobedience thing. But um, I knew that it was no longer in my control, kind of going off what you said, like, I could feel God saying, you're not enjoying this. Like, don't put your heart into this anymore. Like, we're going to save it for when you come back and be with the normal students and it was very hard. I can remember at least two or three days I stuck around. I was like not listening. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. It'll be better tomorrow. And it just got worse and worse. And I think about just finally listening to him and saying, okay, you're in control, God. And for me, it was just letting go of the reins and really surrendering to him and allowing him to put me in a better place that I didn't yet know and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it was,
2: it was really tough because obviously, you know, I had my coaches and my teammates, and I've always been, you know, and track's kind of a little bit more individual, like you get scored as a team, but it's kind of, you know, you compete, and if unless you're doing like relays, but like, you know, your time's your time kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, but it was still really hard to kind of like let my team down, and like, I didn't even get to compete that much, was kind of sucked, like I felt <laughs> like I practice all winter and all spring, and I only ran two meets, and it was hard. Like it was really hard, but I think, you know, God was kind of calling me away from that, but it was so difficult for me to step away. Um, one, because I loved my coaches. Like it was, (laughs) I'm saying this right now. I hate running for practice. I hate it. (laughs) Like it sucked. And like the workouts were so hard, but I mean, the coaches really poured into us and they pushed us and they made us good. And that was, it was so difficult to say, like, I, I just can't do it anymore. And another thing that also was, oh, just terrible, is my parents, like, I love my mom, I love my dad, they're super supportive. They never got to watch me run. And the two meets I ran, like, they never got to watch me. And a part of it was, like, I feel like I need to run again just so, like, my family can, like, watch me run. But it was just, it was really hard for me to kind of surrender that and just kind of give that up and, you know, kind of let go competing as an athlete. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like... I mean, we all kind of mentioned this, but we felt like we were going to let people down in things. And isn't it kind of like it's kind of crazy how like God asks us to do something specific, but then we're so scared to like let these other people down, as if He's not already like placed them in the right spot to hear the right th- like hear yeah, these things yeah. from us that He's asking. But man, I feel like I feel like that goes back to the week before when Travis was talking about motives, of like we care so much of what other people think that it makes our surrender even more difficult, which is like a whole other aspect of (laughs) surrender. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, Let's go, so um, this is, uh, I like the way Ike phrased this, and I kind of want us to unpack this together, but so he was talking about how Like, many of us Christians have an overdeveloped soul where we kind of have, like, this ego in a way where we're like, yeah, like, I'm a good Christian. I've got this, like, figured out. Like, I'm walking with the Lord. And you, like, feel like you've got it it all. And he's like, well, we have this overdeveloped soul, and we we start to live in a, a way where we do things because we want to, because we can, because it's not a sin, and we go into all of that stuff. So let's unpack, like that piece of it like this overdeveloped soul like how do we get to a place of having an overdeveloped soul
2: (laughs) well um i feel like an overdeveloped soul kind of just comes from i don't want to say it almost stems from that bare minimum but i feel like when you get to that point where you have like an overdeveloped soul like you're not you're not chasing god the same way you were and i think that's a huge thing is you know you get you get complacent and you know you're doing the bare minimum but even even if you're not doing the bare minimum you're still not in that same pursuit of god and i feel like you almost get to a point where it's like You know, I'm I'm in a good spot. You know, I I went to T N W this week, and you know I went to church, and you know I was hanging out at the guy's house or or girl's house. Um, but it's like you know I've been I've been hanging out with people, and you know I can kind of you know do my own thing now, or oh I didn't read today, but it's all right, I'll read tomorrow, and then you don't, and it's I think you just kind of get into a cycle, and then you think you're fine, but then we have these little like wake up calls almost like the retreat or passion, and it's like well crap, I haven't been pursuing God the same way, and then you know you get that fire under your butt, and then it just kind of (laughs) goes. Away, So I think you kind of just fall into that from just not continually pursuing God actively Mm. because you can still pursue God. But when you do it actively, you kind of get to that point where it's like, I'm still, you know, I can still grow. Yeah. Um, I know Paul was that way his whole life. Um, he was never, he, he knew like, he's like, I'm a terrible sinner. And I, you know, I can't do any of these things or whatever, but like he was, I would say one of the most devout Christians ever, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff he did was insane. Um, but I think he was always in a point of how can I keep growing in my faith? How can I keep investing in my relationship with God? And I think by continuing to pursue that, we can help kind of lay back on that overdeveloped soul.
1: Yeah. And I also think, um, the overdeveloped soul comes from almost having so much good come into your life, you know, God's under your protection. And I think about, uh, you know, days where I've had just good things going my way, you know, exams and doing stuff for other people. And no, I, you know, I got a good homework grade. And it's really all about, for me, when I was little, um, my dad used to tell me and my brother to always have an attitude of gratitude, and to really be grateful. And I think about it's so easy to be so appreciative when everything good goes your way in your life and you know nothing bad comes your way but i think you almost need that um really true uh battle of having some things maybe not go your way and that's the time to me where you really need to be just grateful because there's something you can always be grateful for and i feel like these overdeveloped souls come from people just kind of thinking that they almost did these things yourself. Like you get a good grade on your exam. You're like, oh yeah, I did that. You know, that was all me. You know, I did everything. And I put in the work and the time and I studied and I asked questions and, oh, look, I got a good grade. But, you know, you think about saying, wait a second, you know, God called me up every day. I woke up again this morning and he gave me the ability to study, ability to talk to talk to my professors, ask questions, and the ability to learn. And I think about just when you have a lot of good things going your way, it's just so easy, again, like I said, to really just have this overdeveloped soul of, oh, man, you know, I'm doing all these good things and kind of forget about who's giving you that opportunity and who's really behind mm-hmm. that. You know, I told me we talked about also putting the Holy Spirit behind you and kind of putting in a little corner. And that's really what I think happens and gets why people get these souls is just because they feel like, oh, man, so much good's happening and you really just need to be grateful for everything that happens in your life and it's hard it's so easy not to be when good things happen but but i think it's just an important part that you need to be Mm -hmm. grateful to god and just thank him for every little thing and even even things when things don't go your way grateful for the opportunity and learn from it that's what i think
0: yeah yeah really like something that i hear and what both of you shared is like when we get to the point of going through the motions where we're not we're not consciously thinking of the things God has given us, or not consciously pursuing him, it all just becomes this like subconscious, like autopilot mm-hmm. thing. And Travis shared this analogy with me like years ago. And he's like, we're all in a boat. Like if I have my own personal boat and I've got like the motor on and I'm I'm like cruising along and my boat's going the direction that I'm like pursuing Jesus. And he was like, sometimes like we turn off the motor and we just see how far we can coast. And we don't realize until we stop and we're like in the middle of the ocean that we've been coasting for months and we've just like been on this autopilot, just kind of cruising mm-hmm. along. And, and that's like, I feel like when both of you are sharing was like, yeah, I'm just kind of cruising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not pursuing, <laughs> I'm just hanging out. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cruising with a K. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I like the, um you mentioned this, um, Michael Pacer, <laughs> <of> <laughs> um, like w- we have to like, we tell the Holy Spirit to kind of like get behind us and let a- and instead of being the one in control, we're just like, nah, I, I got this figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, man, we do that a lot. <laughs> I like, don't like thinking about how frequently I do that. And I'm like, I, I got to figure it out. I'll be good, <laughs> you know, and, and try to like move forward, um, without him instead of him being the one in the, captain seat
1: yeah it's just like a wake-up call I think you know times where I've thought man you know I really got this all figured out like life's going great I'm really doing well and I you know forget about like I said who's under the control and who's given you all these abilities to do great things and for me I don't even want to count either how many times I've done that because it's really just not the way we should be living about putting the Holy Spirit away and not letting him in our lives. And I think about even when we have past experiences where we learn from them and then we think, okay, this time it's going to go differently because I know what I'm doing this time. And again, put the Holy Spirit away and get the same <laughs> result. Like it's just a almost like a domino effect of just the same result happening again and again. And I think it's just so important to really allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life because I think when you allow it to take over and transfer your life, like your life just goes from – has so many opportunities that you never could have thought of. And I think about, uh, I always just told when I was little about like all these, like, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And I think about if you kind of put the Holy spirit away, it's like closing all the doors on you and you're, you know, you're locked in from the inside and you really can't get out. And I think about that Holy spirit being the light in the darkness and leading your way really. And I think it's just so important to again, have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful every day. Yeah.
0: So how do we, more consciously do that how do we let the spirit be in charge
1: i think about coming back to surrendering really i mean i know that's what we've been hitting on a bunch but um i think about you know if there's times where i'm like oh man i have no idea what i'm doing that's the time the most where you need the holy spirit to just trust in them i think trust is a big factor as well as putting your trust Mm -hmm. into the holy spirit and saying you got this and I'm with you. Like you're in the back pocket of saying, Holy Spirit, you lead the way. And I'm in <laughs> your back pocket. Like you lead me and I'm going to follow you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that's, I think that's huge, you know, kind of switching who's driving the car almost like, mm-hmm. as opposed to putting the Holy Spirit in the back seat. like, Hey, you know, let me know if I need to make a turn, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I got this as opposed to, you know, letting him drive the car and be like, just take me like wherever we're mm-hmm. going, just take me. And I think, you know, that kind of leads into that uh, surrender as Michael said, but um, you just, it's obviously it's difficult. I know yeah. I, I'm of, I'm often, you know, driving that car and, you know, have the Holy Spirit chucked in the trunk or something, but, um, <laughs> it's not even it's, in the backseat. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's something you got to be actively pursuing and you know, trying to actively surrender, but that's hmm. obviously it's difficult. But I think, I think that's a huge thing is kind of just, you know, not, not being so just amped about everything. Like almost just letting, letting, letting some things go and kind of just letting God take control and lead you through things is huge.
0: Yeah. What are, so when you guys feel like you're at a really good place of surrender, how does, what does that practically look like in your life? Like how, how do you make sure that the Holy Spirit's in the front seat? He's the one driving.
2: I feel like for me, like, I think one of the things that I struggle to, I'll I'll say this and then kind of lead into um, surrendering. But like, I think one of the things I struggle with in terms of surrendering is like my free time and the people I hang out with. Like, I have a lot of friends that I just love to, you know, pour into and, you know, have a great time and, you know, you know, play Fortnite with Ben and get his reboot (laughs) card or whatever. Um, But I think one thing is just, like, surrendering my time, and I've noticed that when I start to do that, um, you know, like, sit with people who have never sat before, or, you know, start to talk to people I don't normally talk to, and then, you know, the things that come out with that are just insane, and, like, I noticed that um, even just this last week, I was, um, I sat with a new person at TNW, and then I met with him and had coffee the next day, and I was, like, It was one of the best, like, that made my week. That was so cool. I never thought, like, oh, I see him sitting by himself. Maybe I should should go sit with him. Uh, Maybe not. It wouldn't be a big deal. But it's like, oh, I'll I'll just do it. You know, I'll just do it. And, like, that was definitely the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, you see him. Just go up there and sit with him. You know, he's all by himself. Go sit with him. Go sit with him. And then I just, like, it was great to talk to him and learn more about him and invest in him. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just kept going. It's like, hey, you have two passes to get coffee. Take him to get coffee. And I did. And it's just like. Insane. Like I just would have never. I don't think I can't do that on my own. I wouldn't do mm-hmm. that on my own. That's not something I. I have to actively try and surrender that. Um. So I think that's huge. Is just you let the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is driving the car, and then you know, let's say you. I don't know. I don't know if I keep pouring into this analogy here, but you know, you stop at a gas station, then you keep going, and it's like after you left, you realize, whoa, like I might have not stopped for gas, or I might be out of gas on the side of the road here, kind of thing. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I, it's not something I know right away. I know afterwards, after the fact, mm-hmm. I realize, oh, I, I, that was all him, not me.
0: Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I would say for me, uh, I think about controlling what I can control and really for me, I s- used to struggle with, uh, trying not to be in control of everything and, just stressing out and being so anxious about stuff not knowing what's going to happen and for me really over this last summer and into this semester really i would say it's just been crazy because i've given up and surrendered really that control of this is what's going to happen in my day you know i used to be when i was really little like i need to know what time breakfast lunch and dinner is like i'm going to plan like i need to know every <laughs> single hour of every single day and you know, you can't really live your life like that. That's not really letting God be a part of your life, trying to control every second of every day. And I think for me, just allowing him to control and not even, I know it sounds crazy, but I no longer stress about like exams or stuff. Like mm-hmm. I go in there with my best effort and tests and quizzes. And if I, you know, if I want to an A and I get a B or a C, it's not the end of the world. Like I know, yeah. like that for me, I know I could not, like Michael Cruz said, you know, that's not me on myself doing that. Like I, that's, That's God and the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, it's really allowed for me almost another time thing is not when I'm not in control. I get this opportunity to talk to so many people and influence so many people and just build relationships with people rather than saying, oh, I have to do this at this time. No, I get to meet. And this is why I'm just glad I've met so many people, because I feel like if I was in control, I would never had the opportunity to meet these amazing people and just build relationships with them. So for me, surrendering that control and that anxiety has been just a huge factor. And I just can't believe the difference it's made. Yeah.
0: I really like the, like, you know, if I get a B or C, it's whatever yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like, man, the days that I surrender, uh, like if I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, it's all yours. If my schedule gets messed up, whatever, you know, if I get interrupted, whatever, if something doesn't go my way, whatever, it's all yours. Um, those days are my best days, even though things don't go to my plan. And it's just like, man, there's so much peace when you're living within God's will and you like feel it. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) Like, you know, it. you look back on it and you're like, wow, God, man, (laughs) that that was so good. (laughs) And like, I couldn't have done that on my own. Mm -hmm. And, and those are the, those are the days that we look back on and we're like, yeah, and I want that again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And there was nothing that we could have fostered on our own capability.
2: Yeah. I'm just going to keep pouring into this car analogy here. Cause I go really for it. like it. But one <laughs> thing like I kind of just thought about is as you were talking is like, I think like when I go out and I hang out with people and I'm having a good time, like obviously I love to plan things, but I think, you know, for letting the Holy spirit drive that car and he goes somewhere and we do something, that, like that experience is way better than anything we could ever plan. And I think that's something we don't really ever think about. But like, you know, if you're going out and you're doing something fun and you don't know what's happening, sometimes that's fun. And then you look back on it and it's like the whole day started because I didn't know what was going, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have a plan. And then something fruitful came out of it. I'm not going to plan today because who knows what could Mm -hmm. happen. So I think, yeah, I think that's, that can be really cool. It's, you know, when we're surrendering, obviously sometimes it's tough. But when we see when we see what comes out of it, then that hindsight, looking back, it's yeah. like, whoa, that was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: that's something that I pray for frequently. Is like, God, let me see the things that are divine, the things that you've put in certain places. That conversation, or you know, those moments where I'm in the right place at the right time. Like, let me see them as divine, because th- those moments when I like, I lay down in my bed at night, I'm like, wow. And today felt divine. It's just because, like, he gave me the eyes to see it, and I asked for that, but it's like it makes it so much better. And, again, like, I'm not in control at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you guys have any place that you want to take us?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I've been talking about sitting in the back seat the whole time, and now you want me to jump (laughs) in and start driving (laughs) here. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think... I would say, like, what are your guys' thoughts on um, active active ways we can surrender daily? Like, what are things we could start doing now to help push that, you know, surrender mindset? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I really liked what Kaylee said. I want, you know, that's good about starting your morning and just saying, God, this is your day, and this is your day to whatever may happen, no matter what my schedule has. I want your schedule to be more important Mm -hmm. than my schedule. And I think about, you know, usually at night, when you look back and like how you guys were saying about reflecting your day and just like when the most things that you could have never thought of were going to happen that day are some of the best days. And now, you know, I've experienced those days. And it's just like putting him in control and really like waking up. And that's the first thing you're thinking about, no matter what's going on that day with exams or, you know, clubs or committees you're a part of or sports or anything like that. Just really saying, God, let your schedule be more important than my schedule today. And like, let me just live through your schedule this day every day
0: yeah I um I think on top of that something that I I try to do and I'm not very good at but is looking for the things that I should be surrendering like in the moment I'm like when I'm like man I could I could just read later today I don't need to do it right now I'm like why am I not surrendering this time now and kind of asking that why question like why not now Like, why am I going to be lazy and put this off until later? And I know I'm not going to do it later. Um, But or like, certain moments where I'm, like, I'm doing something with somebody else and God's, like, hey, can you go? Like, can you just hop over a table? I need you to talk to these people now. I'm, like, But God, I'm already here. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. (laughs) I need you to hop over. And so I think looking for those moments of, like, when I'm hesitant to surrender and I, when I, like, consciously think of the, the moments where I'm, like, holding back or I'm being selfish and then... I, I just see my selfishness more frequently, which makes my overall surrender seem more important.
2: I think for me, that's like super similar. And I was just talking about this. I think it was last week um, with a couple guys, like just things that are just going on in our lives and like distractions and that kind of thing. And like, I have been recently, you know, as like Travis talked about in TNW starting to ask that, why, like, hold on, why am I, why am I doing this right now? Or, you know, like what, like w- just why, and then mm. not just asking why, but replacing that with a what. So why am I doing this? What could I be doing instead? What should I be doing instead? Mm. What, you know, what is, you know, God going to allow me to do by, you know, not doing what I'm doing right now. And I think that's one thing that's been super cool is, you know, asking that why, but also replacing it too. Mm. It's super
0: good. That is good.
1: I was, yeah, definitely that like, when, you know, a couple weeks ago when Travis was talking about that, it really made me think about how often each day do I say, why am I doing this? You know, going through the motions of stuff and really just not really, what purpose do I have for this? And it's crazy because he talked about that on TNW. And then literally the next day, Wednesday in my class, we were reading this thing and it was saying, people don't look at what you do. They look why you do it. And for me, it's just really been these past few weeks, Asking, why am I doing this? You know, is this drawing me closer to God? Is this drawing me away from God? You know, why do I want people to see me do this? No, that's like not why your Mm -hmm. purpose should be stuff. And it's just should be from the goodness of your heart. And then for me, really that why questions hit out because it's caused me to think about just... Stuff that I would never say, like, why am I doing this? And it's really just helped me benefit, and I feel like get closer to God because I want to do things through Him and not just for personal gain or somebody yeah. seeing me do this and they're like, oh, look yeah. at Michael Pacer, he's a good guy doing <laughs> that. Yeah. And now, like, yeah. I want people to like, I have a why and a purpose, and it's not for personal gain but to gain closer to God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think something else is like when I'm kind of wrestling with the, like, you know, why if I feel like I'm being asked to do something and I'm like, gosh, why am I holding back on this? Is like kind of having an open conversation with God of, like, man, I think this is kind of why I'm holding back. or And just, like, sharing that with him. Like, I feel like I had one of those moments yesterday. Like, we go to lunch in the CAF, and I was like, okay, I could sit with these freshman girls. I know they always sit over in this area. I was like, I really love sitting at, like, the big table of people and just getting to, like, whoever sits next to me sits next to me. And Mm -hmm. it's just, like, that's who I get to hang out with that week. And I kind of was, like, just having this conversation with God all day where I'm like, all right, God, I feel like I need to sit with these people. I'll, I'll go over there. But I do really want to sit with these people too. And I was like, just tell me where I need to be when I'll I'll be there. And I walked into the cafeteria and these freshman girls were sitting at the big table and there was like a seat in the middle of like the 20 people on the right side of me. And then they were like, these four were on the left side of me. And I was like, this is the craziest thing. There's never seats open, you know? (laughs) And it was just like smack dab in the middle. I got to like sit with all of them. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was just like, I was, I was so thankful, like a moment of gratitude Mm -hmm. where I was like, yeah, like, (laughs) thanks God, I needed that. Like, I just, like, I appreciate just his willingness to, I I guess, work with us too, like, especially when we're um, open with him and like, he already knows the desires that we have, but, but when we're being obedient, he, um, he sees that and he, he finds favor in that.
2: What are things that you think are holding you back from full surrender?
0: It's a big question. <laughs> a question.
1: I would say just like that personal, like working on some things, just like I said in the beginning is like, it's uncomfortable being uncomfortable and people don't like to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's hard for people to give up things that they think, Oh, I can just, if you just give me more time, I can fix it myself instead of just surrendering to God And so it's sometimes for me, it's like, man, I really like, I want to, like, it feels good when like you think you solve something or like you fix something, but it's really back to who's in control and putting the Holy Spirit and God in control. And for me, it's just, oh no, I don't want to give this up. Like you take everything else, but this is mine. Like, this is what I want to work on. And it's really just trying to overcome that and say, you know what, God, I surrender this to you. This is in your hands now. And I'll just follow you like I said I'll be in the back like Michael Cruz said you know we'll be in the backseat and you drive this car and we'll just enjoy the ride
0: mm-hmm. yeah I um I've learned a lot about myself in the last like two or three weeks and just like how much like pride I take in things and I'm a very independent person. I feel like I can figure out a lot of things on my own, Um, and that really, like, honestly terrifies me because I can so easily flip into that autopilot where like My God, I got it. Like, (laughs) step back, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I've realized how frequently I do that, and I do that a lot because I care what people think or because I want things to, to come off a certain way, and there's almost this, like, lack of trust. And so I think that's something that really, like, holds me back from fully surrendering is just kind of my own independence.
2: Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's, I would say almost like I kind of touched on it a little bit before, but just like people, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like people both hold me back, but then also allow me to surrender. Cause I think, um, you know, God's gifted me in communication with people and also relationships with people. And I think it's hard for me well, okay. That's maybe that's not true. I love meeting new people, <laughs> like that's, I love it. I love that a lot, but I think sometimes it's hard for me to step away from people that I hang out with all the time to try and go meet new people. Uh, but I think that's one thing I've kind of, you know, kind of looked back on as I've gone through this year is like, I am in so many different circles, but I feel like I'm not maximizing the reach I have mm-hmm. in those circles. So I think that's one thing I've started to do recently is kind of, you know, surrender, you know, surrender talking to or just being in, you know, circles that I'm around all the time, because I can invest in those people later, you know, I have more opportunities. But there's certain people that I only hang out with, you know, like once a week for an hour. And it's as opposed to, you know, ah, maybe I'll see him next time or talk to him later. It's talk to those people now. And then I've noticed, <laughs> when you pour in just a little bit into that little chunk, like you start to see them more, you notice them more, you talk to them more. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, this huge doors open, like, holy crap. <laughs> like, why did, why did I not start talking to you sooner? Like, I feel like a goober. Um, yeah. So I think that's one thing that's been um, definitely on my heart recently is, you know, obviously I lo- love to pour into people that I already know. And that's obviously, you know, people are my thing. I just, yeah. I live <laughs> off of that. But I think one thing that's been super great is, you know, new people and also just investing in people I don't know as well as I could.
0: Um, We're getting close to our time here, so... Anything else we want to share?
2: Hey, uh, if you haven't downloaded the CCH uh, Trine app, uh, definitely go. definitely get on the App Store. Uh, give that bad boy a download. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think as we kind of just look back on like surrender, and I've, you know, we, I think we talked about it a pretty good amount, but I think one thing that we just got to try and remember is. When you surrender, it's not a one time thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think obviously, you know, we've given our lives to God and we surrendered our lives to God. And, you know, I'm going to follow you, but I can't count how many times I feel like I've said that. Like, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to, I want to do this differently or I want to point at this relationship more. So I think as we think about surrender, it's really surrendering. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always constant and you're always doing it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, we kind of just got to remember is you're doing it all the time, not just at the beginning and the end of your day, but you have to do it through your day. Yeah. Let it, you know, let alone like if I'm doing it
1: once a week, <laughs> but yeah. um, when you get to that point, you just got to remember that it's constant. Yeah. I would just say, I encourage people to surrender and really trust in God and give up the backseat and go in the backseat over there and let the Holy Spirit drive your car. Because I just think that, it just takes you to places that you you never would like I can't just talk about attitude of gratitude and all that like I'm so thankful for every opportunity that God's given me and I think about just really it's through allowing him to come into my life and really take control and have my schedule his schedule and just I encourage people to surrender and and not really fight with him and just Give up what's holding you the most, what may be causing stress or anxiety or, you know, maybe not going the way you think. If you surrender to God, you will see that your life will really do like a 360 and just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, put you in a whole new direction that you never would have thought of.
0: Absolutely. Our our moments of surrender lead to so much sweetness and joy.
2: They are as some would say abundant in fruit. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some layback on that one. But uh, yeah, definitely it's so fruitful when you're in the back seat and you just arrive at a destination. Yeah. It's
0: and it's it's, it's awesome. so backwards from the world. Like the world's gonna tell you the exact opposite. One hundred percent.
2: You can do this. You should you you yeah. need to do this, you need to, you know, empower yourself. Not that being empowered is a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like I need to clarify, but like the world is pushing you, 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 mm-hmm. you. And I think sometimes we got to think about, well, maybe not me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe somebody else. Maybe maybe I'm not driving the car today. Maybe I let somebody else drive. So I think the culture around us is definitely fighting against us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Take the risk, though. It's worth it.
2: <laughs> For sure. Jump in that backseat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, get in the backseat of your car. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, if you need any more information on Take Two podcast, anything CCH related, like Michael said, download the CCH Trine app, follow us on social media, and make sure you check out our YouTube page and stay in the loop on all of the things happening and all of the messages on Tuesday nights. We'll catch you next week.